0: live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt. Starts now. This is the broadcast for December the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know... We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. I repeat that on purpose to make a valuable point of who we are and what we do. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. This is a Freedom Love and Fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. We've got two hours of hard hitting talk at your fingertips, and it all starts now. Quick recap of yesterday's show. We talked to our guest, Brian Rust, about honest money com. We talked about FNCs, that's Fox News Channel. Tucker Carlson rips, uh, very viciously, the billionaire Paul Singer <clears throat> for vulture capitalism tactics. Boy, howdy, is Tucker doing some good journalism there. We also talked about George Zimmerman, along with Larry Clayman sues Trey von Martin's family. And state prosecutors, for $100 million, says false evidence used in murder trial, a big old conspiracy, they claim. Wow, I do believe there's something wrong with a lot of the news we get, folks. It's fake news everywhere. We'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. We talked about the Department of Homeland Security is now proposing mandatory facial recognition checks for U.S. citizens at airports. A criminal rogue agency, the Department of Homeland Security, off the rails, unconstitutional, now violating your privacy, wanting to put your mugshot on file like a common criminal, and then wanting to compare that as you go to the airport all the time. These people are crazy. By the way, Americans are sick and tired of impeachment and grandstanding and chicanery in both parties. Ron Paul writes the piece. Sending your kid to college is like playing Russian roulette. No Safe Spaces is the documentary about this. Dennis Prager, a star in that and a well-known talk show host. So Dennis Prager in No Safe Spaces, the new documentary, saying sending your kid to college is like playing Russian roulette. They will be indoctrinated for socialism and communism and perverted sex and who knows what. And it's a disaster. That was our One Liberty Roundtable live yesterday. Hour two, we talked to our guest, Mr. Joe Bannister, former well-known, decorated, Highly decorated, I should say, former IRS criminal investigator. He found out the truth about the IRS, that it's a big old sham. Now he has a website called agentfortruth.com, and he wrote an incredible book documenting his research and making a case to the American people. Check it out. Agentfortruth.com. Joe Bannister, a nice Christian gentleman, found the truth, and the truth has set him free. Now for him, it's freedomabovefortune.com as well. We talked about the impeachment has to be based on, imagine this, proofs, not presumptions. Law professor Jonathan Turley continues to shred Democrats during sham impeachment hearing. This Democrat started out by saying he doesn't even believe in Donald. He doesn't like Donald. He didn't vote for Donald. But that has nothing to do with it's completely irrelevant to the fact that we have to have proofs, not presumptions. While that's going on, Hillary Clinton doubling down on the opposite viewpoint. Quote, who needs a trial? Just impeach him already, says Hillary Clinton. You have to go to Russia today to get that piece, though. Isn't that interesting? Actor Robert De Niro claimed Donald wouldn't last long. In a real gangster world, Brian Chai uh, with Western Journal. um, What's interesting about that is, you know, with the swamp, Donald is in with the real gangsters. Sad to admit and say, they're just rogue. They don't care anything about the law. And Donald isn't doing that well. They're beating him up pretty good. But you know what? The only way to do well in the criminal world is to be a criminal and a better criminal than the next criminal, a better gangster than the next guy. But who wants to be known for that? So by Robert kind of saying that, it almost makes the point that Donald's trying to double down on the rule of law and the criminals are making it very hard indeed for him. So in an ironic way, it kind of validates our claim about Donald. Bill Clinton, believe it or not, was Jeffrey Epstein's closest celebrity mate and a frequent guest at his New Mexico ranch. You know what? Staying at the pedophile's cowboy-themed village, Hillary even attended with Bill quite often. Yeah. Estate workers that that are there are saying this. So we need to dig into that more. But, of course, you know, Hillary was asked on Howard Stern if she's a lesbian. And she said, oh, no, of course not. I don't have any problem with the male population. I did quite well with the boys, Hillary says. Okay. that's <laughs> gets stranger by the minute. By the way, do you know much about the health insurance tax? It's called the HIT tax. It's a $100 billion plus sales tax on health insurance. And it's going to increase taxes on insurance for everyone. Obama put it in place in the original Obamacare scenario, but they put it on hold because they knew people would melt down with the extreme costs. Now it's coming to fruition in 2020. It's going to be over $100 billion of abuse. If you're involved in government health care, it will not escape you. If you're getting subsidies, it will not escape you. Beware, it is a coming. It is like a freight train and no one's warning about it, except for guys like me and Al Baldessaro and... A few other people, All right? That's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. It's still available on demand at libertyroundtable.com. And while you promote free on demand and live talk radio, please donate. Every penny will help us grow our presence in the media, All right? There's a big old scandal going on. I want to talk about it. It's between two different people with the mainstream press in the middle of it. Are you surprised? And I've documented this before. Often I've said, you know, why does Glenn Beck and Alex Jones get in a fight? Why does this talk show host and this talk show host get in this brawl, this celebrity and this actor, this politician and this person? And and I've speculated oftentimes that I believe it's because it gets them both ratings. And they don't care who's on which side of the aisle for the discussions. As long as you get our names and our websites right, as long as we, quote, grow our brand or the attention to us, hey, we don't care. And and oftentimes you see this. Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, you know, they all get into it like that, right? And it's very strange. But whenever someone like me takes one of those folks on, it's silence. I mean, you can hear the crickets chirping. You would say, well, Sam, because you're not big enough. You don't even matter, Sam. You're just a nobody. Say what you will. I was one of the top 250 talkers in the nation. Say what you will. I was at the Republican National Convention live uh, inside with a a press credential while Alex Jones was out there foaming at the mouth outside of the event, right? He got way more attention than I got. Now, that I'm not interested in attention, but I'm trying to make a point, which is how come the more extreme people are for our cause oftentimes, the more radical they put forward the view, the more unhinged things they say and do, the more attention they get, the more rational and calm and mellow and methodical and logical and, well, the less attention they get. Well, the reason this matters is not about Sam or Alex or Rush or anybody else. It's about how do we package our cause— in its purest form, right? How do we promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property? And how do we do it in a way that advances our cause, not destroys our cause? And that's my interest in this story. My goal is not to attack Alex Jones. My goal is not to attack the person who's attacking Alex Jones either. My goal is to highlight what we know and what we don't know and what matters and what doesn't matter and why. Why would I focus on that? Because, uh, again, I have a stake in this battle. What is the battle? That's important to define, isn't it? I believe the battle is to advance the sacred cause of God, family, and country. I believe the goal is to focus on the protection of life, liberty, and property. I think the idea is to educate and articulate the views of our founders, to educate for and articulate on behalf of our founding fathers what they would do. I think our goal is to uphold the rule of law and reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the country. I think the goals are very clear. And it doesn't matter if you know my name. It doesn't matter if I'm a rock star or an important celebrity or that I gain billions and billions of dollars. I got enough for my family. It isn't even about money. To some, it's as pure as I articulate. To others, it's not so clear. And I'm not here to say who's who. I'm not here to judge anyone's heart in the movement. But I am here to articulate what I believe helps our cause and what hinders our cause. And I'm also here to bring up issues and problems, apply pure principle to the discussions, and reject unsound principles, and embrace sound principles. Okay? And then I'm here to point out solutions of, you know, what we can do to make things better. Because at the end of the day, if we don't advocate for making things better, how is this beneficial at all? So I'm going to teach you some journalistic principles that might help you ferret out the truth in some of these stories, ferret out where you stand in some of these stories, and most importantly, ground all of us to things that matter the most. It all starts now. To do this, I've got Kirk Crosby and Richard Mack with me. Kurt, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. And a good sheriff, welcome, sir. Thanks much,
2: Sam. It's great to be back with you and Kurt on this beautiful Friday morning.
1: All right. Now, just so you know, before we get into the details of this battle that's being waged in the media. I did try to contact Free Speech Systems' Alex Jones, and I pressed their button for the media, and it goes nowhere, and I can't get a hold of anybody for the Alex Jones side. But I did, in my attempt to let him speak for himself, reach out to Alex Jones. Now, I personally believe the best way we can do this journalism and let Alex speak for himself and let josh owens speak for himself that's the guy that used to work for alex jones that's now attacking alex in the mainstream press i reached out to the best of my ability to josh owens as well no response from either side we'll do our best in the vacuum shall we
3: i believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath as a teenager i gave my first public speech in my church My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
4: This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
1: All right, so let me be very clear. So I tried to reach out to Alex Jones and Free Speech Systems, and I tried to reach out to Josh Owens. That's a video editor that used to work for Alex. The gloves are off. The battle's on. I'm not picking sides. Let me be very clear about that. I'm not going to pick sides at all. I think it's an absolute disaster. I think this is a sad tale to tell when our side seems to have internal conflict that melts down. When I say our side, I mean those who truly want news the networks refuse to use, those who would reject the fake news, those who would stand up for what is right. The problem is, when do people do things, and why do people do things, and how does that relate to the reality of things? (laughs) Sounds like I'm talking in circles, but let me help make the point here. Josh Owens, quote, I worked for Alex Jones, and I regret it. New York Times. So now Josh Owens, this no-name, back from 2012 to 2017, worked for Alex Jones for five years. I say no-name because he was 23 years old. He was in film school, and he dropped out of film school to help Alex. He believed in the cause, moved a 1,000 miles, became a video editor for Alex, and he said things just kind of unwound from there. Now... (laughs) The allegations made by the former video editor, Josh Owens, include Alex Jones drinking heavily, drunk driving, staged reporting, angry outbursts, pouring an employee's goldfish in the trash, firing an AR-15 in staffers' direction. Wow. Shooting a bison repeatedly. With a handgun and murdering it, walking around the office shirtless and demanding employees hit him, and then saying he doesn't even want the job anymore. Yeah. Ex Infowars staffer says shirtless, vodka guzzling Alex Jones was not a great boss. (laughs) Now the staffer finishes by saying he regrets. Making up conspiracy theories about Muslims in an effort to get web traffic or clicks, if you will. Alex Jones says it's a compendium of lies, disinformation, and half-truths. That's according to Mediate. Now, that's the story. So you got Josh and Alex in a big old battle. Now, I'm as candid with you, my audience, as I can possibly be. I'm very transparent. As I've said, I'm not picking sides. That's the story. And um, you know what? I think picking sides is a waste of time because I'm sure there are truths and half-truths on both sides of that discussion. And I'm sure some of it is true. But I would ask several questions because I think that's what investigative journalists do. We ask questions. We follow up on those questions. And we do our very best to discover facts that's why i reached out to both sides in this situation i said hey what you know what's going on let's the best thing you can do is hear from alex himself not hear what sam says about alex or what the new york times or what josh or anybody else says about alex or vice versa for josh right well i can't get any comment from josh zero and i've tried to hunt him down and find him and call him and same thing with alex however um the Mediate folks did get a response from Alex. Alex called them back and left the voicemail when they were inquiring about this. So here's Alex Jones' response
5: by voicemail. I am not going to dignify the incredibly deceptive
2: New York Times piece that you reference, other than to say it is a compendium of lies, disinformation, and half truth. And shows the desperate, the desperateness of the establishment to try to discredit independent populist voices like InfoWars. In the end, good always wins and the truth comes out
0: on top.
1: All right, that's all Alex has to say about it. Now, I don't know if he's going to respond more in the media or if that's his final statement. I don't know. But at least we've heard what Alex asked to say about it. Alex says none of it's true. And I have a feeling, from what I've read, that there is quite a bit of truth to it. And the reason that I say that is because in the article in the New York Times, Josh Owens says, I worked for Alex Jones, I regret it, New York Times Magazine. He goes into a lot of detail about where they were, what they did, who they were with, to the point where, you know what, most people have not taken on Alex Jones because he'll threaten to sue you. And if he sues you, then, hey, you know, it's a money game where Alex has had a lot of money and most of the folks who um, are disenchanted with Alex don't. And so people shut up and go away. But in this case, the guy has tremendous detail. And as an investigative journalist, I would say, or a private investigator, or investigative reporter, you would need to start to interview some of the other witnesses. Is it true that Alex Jones runs around the office drunk with his shirt off? All right. Is it true that. And so he starts out and says, hey, I was on my way to the polling booth with Alex Jones back in 2015. And Alex was drinking vodka and driving and I was scared out of my wits. Uh, Okay. well, does is there evidence that Alex Jones is drinking and driving and would employees testify to that kind of thing? Okay. but here's my point, whether it's true or not. And this is really where, in my mind, the rubber meets the road. We can dig down that investigative trail and verify the things that Josh is saying. Either they are true or they're not. Either the claims are false or they're accurate or they're kind of mixed, meaning that, you know what, it's his view of what happened, not somebody else's, that the the points are being disputed, uh, et cetera. Okay, that's all good and well, we can go through that and find out and Josh could be right and Alex could be wrong, but here's my question. And I started out this whole discussion by saying, seems to be there's these feuds between people. And why? Is it really to get at the truth? Because what valuable or what value is the truth now? Alex Jones has been beat up by the mainstream press, big time, wrongly so in many cases. Uh, His point is to promote the saving of America. A lot of Alex Jones points are valid. He might go off the the rails in terms of his presentations. He might take a more extreme point than you or I might. He might do a lot of things, but he's more credible than the mainstream press is. Now, sometimes his delivery can be taken out of context and mocked big time. We'll talk about that. His His comments can be taken out of context and mocked big time. And you can even go as far as to say, look, I don't care if you take it out of context. I see what Alex says and does, and man, it's over the top. And you're probably right. But there's some things that you need to know that really relate to all this that are kind of factual that I think matter. So Alex Jones was ridiculed by tonight with John Oliver. You know, that's an HBO thing, right? And believe it or not, John Oliver... Spent 22 minutes and 21 seconds on attacking Alex Jones. And the mainstream press has spent tons of time attacking Alex Jones. I refer you to the infamous interview between, oh, what's that wacko from England? They got kicked out of there, left the country. And he was kind of in a battle with Alex Jones. Uh, Piers Morgan, Morgan, I think is the guy's name. Yeah. So uh, that interview is infamous where, you know, Alex was over the top, literally foaming at the mouth, going, You know, if you think that you're going to take away our guns, it's 1776 all over again. And it's stuff like this. And it's just not helpful because then they can take those sound bites and really attack Alex. But I believe that there's an undercover or behind the scenes agenda going on by someone. And I don't know who. And I don't even understand what their purposes are necessarily, except for to engender controversy, erode trust, and advance who they want to. That seems to be for sure. So what I don't get is why this is all happening and how it's all happening. But you can get people to discover the money trail for these people and find out, hey, does Alex Jones get an infusion of cash when this all occurs over time? Does Josh Owens get a job out of this? He claims in the story that he took a job making 75% less money to get away from Alex. Okay, now maybe that's true, maybe it's not, but I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, if he's making 80 grand a year as a video editor for Alex, which would be a dang good salary for a video editor, and you take 75% less money, that means you're going to work somewhere else for 20 grand taking a $60,000 pay cut. I doubt highly that's factual. Okay? And even if it is, why can't you go find a job working for somebody else? Well, because Alex ruined your reputation. That's not accurate. That's not accurate at all. Alex does some goofy stuff, but all you got to say is, hey, I was a video editor with Alex Jones for a little bit. When I found out what he was about, I left. I didn't realize what he was about at first. The problem with that narrative is Josh worked for Alex for five years. And if you're an investigative reporter, you go, wait a minute, it took you five years to figure that out? The second the guy's walking around drunk, taking off his shirt in the studio and asking people to punch him and driving while drunk. I'm out of there, people. I don't know about you, but for some strange reason, this guy stayed with Alex for five years, two years after the claimed events. Very strange indeed. Let's talk about it on your radio.
0: Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
6: USA Radio
5: News with Chris Barnes. Democrats one step closer to impeaching President Trump. Here's USA Radio's Robin Mulansky.
7: Today with the speaker announcement, she has weakened this nation.
4: House Minority Leader California Republican Kevin McCarthy telling reporters, It was
7: not new news. They always had this pre-written timeline from the day they got sworn in.
4: President Trump in a tweet saying, I say if you are going to impeach me, do it now, fast, so I can have a fair Trial in the Senate, and so that our country can get back to business, we will have Schiff, the Bidens, Pelosi, and many more testify, and will reveal for the first time how corrupt our system really is.
5: Saudi Arabia's state-owned oil company's IPO yesterday, the largest in history, selling three billion shares and raising twenty-five and a half billion dollars. This is USA Radio News. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice ordering the firing of a group of corrections officers, trainees, photographed giving Nazi salutes. Department of Military Affairs and Public Safety Cabinet Secretary Jeff Sandy says there are a lot of brave and professional people in the organization that should not be lumped into the same group. In this group, yeah. this group of 37 does not represent the Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Getting a report of an active shooter at Naval Air Station Pensacola in Florida. It's currently on lockdown. A spokesman for the base confirming that there was a report at about 7 o'clock this morning local time and that the gates to the base are currently closed. Officials urging people to stay away from the base, and those at the base are being told to seek shelter. Four people died in a shootout yesterday in Coral Gables, Florida, when robbery suspects carjacked a UPS truck. This is USA Radio News.
3: I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert
1: Murdoch. You say to me, Sam, why are you talking about this for so long? And you're not even including your co-host or guest in this discussion, there's a reason for that at first, because I want to set the stage in the story. Uh, You know what? You can dig into Alex Jones and prove how he's not perfect. You can talk about his divorce. You can talk about his going off crazy on things. You can even play the soundbite of Alex Jones admitting in court that he has psychosis. Yeah. He said he had psychosis that made him believe that the Sandy Hook issue was staged. And here it is, just to kind of highlight this. Psychosis.
7: That's what Infowars founder Alex Jones is saying caused him to believe events like the Sandy Hook massacre were staged. During a recent sworn deposition as part of a defamation lawsuit against him, Jones said that the trauma of the media and corporations lying made him believe that everything was a conspiracy.
5: And I've, you know, I myself have, you know, almost had like a form of psychosis back in the past where I basically thought everything was staged. Even though I've now learned a lot of times things aren't staged. So, um, you know, I think as as a pundit and someone giving opinion, um, that you know my opinions have been wrong, but they were never wrong consciously to hurt people.
7: You remember in the past, Jones's divorce lawyer tried to sell the fact that his on-air persona was just an act. But according to Jones, he was really trying to get at the truth. Well, what I'm getting at is this stuff we're looking at today: kids going in circles, schools closed, emails, EMTs not
5: in the building, porta potties. These aren't comedy skits. This is journalism. Yes. Well, th- this is punditry, because I wear a journalist hat, punditry hat, satire hat. Uh, just, you know, just reading news, just you know, just I mean, just being a newsreader. I mean, I do that as well. So I I do a lot of things, Uh, but when I was covering Sandy Hook, I was genuinely trying to get at the truth of it.
7: Punditry? Put aside the fact that the reality of Sandy Hook is not an opinion. They're real victims, real families that are still struggling with grief. Look, these media provocateurs like Jones, they know that passion sells. That's what this is all about. They need people to pay attention to them, and the best way to do that is to be shocking many times with disregard of decency and, of course, good governance. And it worked for Jones. He made a pretty penny off the fringe ideology that he represented on his radio program, carried on more than 160 stations, thousands of listeners. Alex Jones' persona is confirmation of everything I've been saying about the mostly men with microphones. Namely, that so much of it is just total BS the only people that I meet, that I see, that I speak with, who see the world entirely through conservative lenses or liberal lenses are talk radio hosts and cable television personalities. Because for the rest of us, the issues are a mixed bag, conservative
1: on some things, liberal on others. All right, it goes on. But suffice it to say, when you go to court and say I'm a pundit and psychosis made me believe in, uh, that everything was a conspiracy... Now I'm kind of realizing that's not true, but I kind of thought that. You destroy your credibility completely. And they love to mock and make fun of Alex Jones. And they love to give you this impression that everybody in the, in the <clears throat> political talk scene is there for uh, cash and to be kind of radio clowns. Glenn Beck calls himself a radio clown. Okay, let me just stop right there and say this. I'm not here to attack Alex Jones or anybody else. If Alex Jones has an alcohol problem, I pray that he goes and gets help. If Alex Jones truly did have a psychosis where he thought everybody, everything and everybody was a conspiracy, I pray that he can come back to his senses and get the help that he needs. Okay, but the reason that this is so important is not to attack Alex Jones. I pray for him and his family and his children Uh, The divorce was hard. The lawsuits are hard. The attacks from everybody's hard. You know, when you get rich like that, hey, it's easy for things to go off the rails. If you don't believe me, just ask some of the sports figures or actors and actresses. And, you know, it's easy to see how things can go crazy fast when you get that popular and that important. So our prayers are with Alex Jones. Our prayers are also with Josh Owens. You got to ask this question. Why is Josh Owens going to the New York Times? Because even if he doesn't agree with Alex Jones' tactics, and even if the details behind the stories are true, my question is, why did you stay with Alex for five long years then? I mean, you could have known this after a couple of months that Alex was kooky, if your claims are correct. Furthermore, you know, you're taking money and helping peddle this propaganda, and now you want to apologize? Okay? So ex-staffer now regrets making up conspiracy theories about Muslims for clicks. So he did the same thing Alex did, right? In other words, he built his whole career, and now he's coming out a no-name. Most people don't even know who Josh Owens even is or was at all. Even if you listen to the Alex Jones show, you probably don't know much about Josh. He's the guy behind the camera. He's the guy editing the videos. He's the no-name. Now, I'm not doubting him as a person. I'm making a point. Now he's got a national name. The New York Times published his article. And for what? To take a 75% pay cut? I don't think so. There's more behind Josh's attempt to out Alex Jones than meets the eye. And I'm very critical of Josh on this point because, hey, you worked for the guy for five years. You admit you faked the clicks. You faked the videos. You faked the news stories. You cherry-picked the facts and the details, and you did so for five years, and now you want us to give you credibility, sir? Have you lost your cotton-picking mind? Am I allowed to say that? Okay, what I'm saying to you is it's crazy. The idea that he can work for him for five years and then act like he wasn't part of it, it's all Alex and he's the good guy. Trust me, I'm the common sense in the room. Well, here's the bottom line. I pray for Josh and I pray for Alex. Both of them obviously need some help. Um, I don't know what their real agendas are. I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's fame. I don't know if it's fortune. I don't know. I'm not here to judge their hearts. But here's what I do know. Every effort they're making seems to put daggers in our sacred cause. I do not have psychosis, ladies and gentlemen. I do not fear monger. I do not fake facts. I do not generate traffic for my own agenda to make money for clicks. I do my very best to lay out the true story, the best facts I can find, and to deliver the best solutions I can on every topic and every subject that we cover on the radio program. Two hours a day, six days a week. I've been doing it a little bit longer, or just as long as Alex Jones has. 25 years I've been in this business, okay? And I'm telling you that I do not do it for punditry. I do not do it for entertainment or theater. I do not have psychosis. I do, okay, those things destroy our credibility like you wouldn't believe. But the mainstream press acting like Alex does that and they don't. They're all guilty of this stuff. When I say they're all, many of them, well, not, not all of them, there's some genuine people out there too. But I bring this up because when they do this, they destroy the cause. Let me give you an example. So Alex Jones says, I think I had a a degree of psychosis, and I I thought everything was a conspiracy. It's really not. I'm I'm kind of learning that. He says that in court, but he attacks over the Sandy Hook thing. Now, here's the truth. I think we have a dishonest narrative about Sandy Hook, and I'm entitled to my opinion on that. But I'm also not going after people and claiming people are lying, and I don't know the story. Same thing with 9-11. I don't know the story, but I do have a belief that we are not being told the truth. I don't know what the narrative is, though. I'm not going to double down and make claims. I don't have people on the ground. I don't have the ability to uncover the stories. I just know Seth Rich's murder is very strange. And I know that 9-11 was very strange. And I know that Sandy Hook is very strange. And I know these continued increased shootings are very strange. And I know, okay, but if I go too far in my claims without evidence and without information... And then later in court, I say, I just thought everything was a, um, a conspiracy. Every single thing is a conspiracy, and it was just psychosis. Now that I got rid of my psychosis, well, I don't know if you know, but when you drink that heavily, you do get those kind of psychosises. You do get so very strange. Now, I'm not making allegations, but I'm making a point, which is this. When these people reach that far, and when these people do these things on air, and then Josh goes after Alex and makes all these claims, all they do is erode the credibility of the true core what is the true core america is in trouble alex says it i said many others and it is absolutely double down quadruple down factual and we are having a serious problem in america with indoctrination to our youth about socialism and communism and the affairs of the nation are changing conspiracies do exist they're real Now, how far you go with the conspiracy or whatever else is a different topic, but the conspiracies and and chicanery and dishonesty and immorality is real. And what we need to do is commonly, or with common sense, bring it back from the brink, deliver the facts, and educate for solutions. And so I don't really want to debate the Alex Jones or the Josh Owens discussion to pick sides. I want you to say, what drives these people? What could be their motive? Could it be money? Could it be fame? Could it be fortune? Could it be to stay out of jail? What is it? I don't know. But I know this. Neither of them are helping our cause. I can promise you that reality. Neither of them are doing what needs to be done to restore the republic, to create trust in the media, to defend the sacred cause of liberty, to help us to repent and to change and to turn to God so he can fulfill his promise biblically to heal our land and protect us. We need less war, more peace, less anger and fighting more kindness and respect, okay? We need a clarion call for civility. We need, and, and I don't see any of these people accomplishing that task, whether it's Glenn Beck and Alex Jones' fight, whether it's Piers Morgan and Alex Jones' fight, whether it's John Goofball and the um, HBO and him making fun of and mocking Alex Jones, or the mainstream press and Alex mocking them. I don't see any value in any of it, ladies and gentlemen, do you? We come back and get Kurt Cosby and Richard Mack's take. Liberty Roundtable Live.
6: Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to givemelibertyfund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher.
0: Certified. Put the two words together to get kosher-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters SCH still make the shh sound as in all those American food producers saying shh? Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, the kosherquestion.com. <laughs>
1: spend so much time on this because I want to make sure we understand we got to be very careful when we jeopardize the sacred cause to which we're engaged. Pretty soon everybody thinks oh there's nothing wrong with Sandy Hook there's no conspiracies Alex was just psychotic uh, you know there, there's nothing that, look there are a lot of conspiracies and liberty is in jeopardy. And we got to stand up for the sacred cause and say there are genuine people that should have your trust who do care about these things, who will be honest and stable in their reporting. This is not about political theater. This is about the sacred cause to which we're engaged. And every penny that we get, we will use in a sacred manner to advance that uh, sacred focus. So, Sheriff, with that in mind, uh, what do you say to my summary? What do you say to the points that I'm making? What What do you think about this whole thing?
2: Well, a lot of things raced through my head, my head while you were talking, Sam, and my my association with Alex goes way back. Uh, I don't really remember when he started. I don't believe he was in any type of broadcasting position when I was doing the lawsuit against the, the Clinton administration. Uh, do you know how far back he goes?
1: I know he goes back close to close to when I started. I don't know exactly when. I can try to look it up and see. But he's been in it for a long time. He started very young.
2: Well, I know I talked to him, I would say, in the early 2000s. Does that sound all right? Maybe 2001. I
1: think he was involved before that a few years, though. Um, my lawsuit was adjudicated in June of
2: 1997. I don't remember whether or not he and I discussed it at that time. But he did have me on his show uh, several times. I would, say, I would say I've been on his show at least a dozen times. And uh, I've been in his studio live maybe four or five times. Right there uh, uh, in Austin, Texas. And
1: uh, I don't He began know, with a live call-in public access television program. In 1996, he switched to radio, Okay, hosting a show named The Final Edition on KJFK, 98.9 FM. And uh, Ron Paul was running for Congress then and was a guest on his show several times. That's kind of how it all kicked off. And then, of course, um, he started talking about the Oklahoma City bombing that happened in 1995. And Jones began accusing the government of being responsible. Now, there you go again where, you know what? Alex may go too far, but the real issue is there is something wrong with the Oklahoma City bombing sheriff. I don't know exactly every detail, but I'm telling you what we're being told is not true. Now, in 1998, he, re- he released his first film. So, really, it was between 95 and 98 that he kind of got cranked up. Around the same time I did, I got a little a start a little earlier than he did.
2: I would I would guess that I was on his show around 1997, 1998, maybe just maybe just a little bit after, but he was always really good to me. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I have shared some of those concerns that you mentioned during the last uh, half hour or so. Um, being inside the studio, uh, I'm sitting there right across from him, And then all of a sudden, we're we're just talking, just like you and I are now. And then all of a sudden, he would just go way loud, way emotional. I mean, I thought he was mad at me at first. I thought he was yelling at me. And, I mean, he gets really, really loud. And everything's going normal, normal, just like you and I are talking right now, like you me and Kurt do a lot of times. And then he starts yelling, and I mean really yelling, and it really – threw me for a loop and then after a while i got used to it you know over the years of me being with him and so maybe maybe uh, some of it has to do with that how he can go so high and low so quickly uh but i I will say this uh, i do know he drinks um joe bannister and i were at an event with him in california and i think it was in the san jose area um and uh, I, I mentioned to Joe that I said, have uh, you smelled him? And uh, he kind of nodded and then something that we went on to something else. I think somebody interrupted us or something, but there's no question that, that Alex drinks. To what extent? I have no idea.
1: Well, and that's kind but, of why I say that a lot of these things probably are factual. <laughs> and and if you know Alex Jones's personality and you're a witness of it, then you'll kind of understand that, you know, he does a lot of what he does for theater. For dramatic effect, there's no doubt about that. Glenn Beck does a lot of that, too, though, and many other talk show hosts do a lot of that uh, as well. So let's not pretend this is only Alex. Now, he has a very extreme way of doing it, but it's a comical way if you understand Alex to a great degree. For example, Alex did a a section or a, a segment of radio on goblins, and so he's going like this. He's going... Yeah, the Washington goblins in the, in the swamp. Or, you know, and he's talking about the, okay. a lot of this is theater, and you've got to take a lot of what he does tongue-in-cheek for that very reason that he's trying to have this traumatic effect. He's trying to make uh, his points, and he's trying to do so in a little bit of a funny but a little bit of an over-the-top way because that's what younger society wants. They want people in the streets. They want people with megaphones. They want, hey, a lot of the younger generation are kind of bordering on this um, uh, democracy, anarchist-slash- Um, everything with government and everything with society is wrong, anger. He taps into a lot of that stuff, intentionally so. That doesn't mean that he's an evil guy. It doesn't mean he's only in it for the money. I don't want to judge his heart because I don't know. He said in court that he genuinely tries to get to the truth and he didn't mean to hurt anybody. I'm going to take him at his word on that because, you know what, I don't know his heart, Sheriff. Well, well,
2: you know, and, and I could do a real quick review of a lot of the things you said. And one is uh, the Sandy Hook trial, uh, where he was sued, I guess, by some of the family members. I question how they are defamed by him saying it was a conspiracy. And even if they're involved in
1: yeah, so, so here's the point. The family should just say, I'm sorry Alex feels that way. Alex kind of believes that everything's a conspiracy, and I'm sorry he believes that. But, hey, it is what it is. Why do we worry so much? Why does Alex exactly. get drugged before the mainstream press? Why, does, um, why do these big talk show hosts, Glenn Beck and, and a, a lot of CNN hosts and Piers Morgan and, and John whatever his face is on HBO, why do they take such interest and promote Alex if they think he's just a nut? Why don't they just ignore the guy? Because there's something okay. more to this, sir.
2: Right. And, and, and I'll tell you, um, the Sandy Hook families would have had to prove that they had damage, that they were damaged financially or they were damaged physically and, and even damaged emotionally. Why would some nutcase guy on a radio cause me emotional damage? Okay, he says my, my kids that were killed weren't really killed. Okay, so I know the truth, and I'm going to take care of my family, and why do I need to sue some nut out in Texas that says my kids really weren't killed? I, get, I see no damage to those people, and I, and I don't know how that even became a lawsuit, quite honestly.
1: Well, and then the question is, they talk about his relationship with Donald Trump, and they talk about all these things, and I say, you know, how do all these things happen for the guy? If the guy's as nuts as they claim... then why would they even give him the time of day? Now, I'm not trying to compare me to Alex, but I am trying to make a point. If I want to interview Donald, I'm telling you, over the last 25 years I've been on the radio, you might disagree with me on a few points, but you can't say that I've just foamed at the mouth, ran off the rails with crazy talk left and right. You just can't say that. It isn't true. Okay, But yet I can't even not only get an interview with Donald Trump, I can't even make contact with President Trump. But how would a nutcase like Alex all of a sudden have these connections? Piers Morgan, Glenn Beck, HBO, CNN, okay? And it goes on and on and on. The social media restrictions, the promotion, the media, the films, the television, the money, the uh, author of books, the, you know, creating all these products. How does all this happen to that degree If the guy's as nuts as they claim the answer is they're using this for their own purposes. And what happens is Alex's theater and entertainment style and over-the-top style then gets used against us advancing a legitimate cause. And whether Alex is doing that on purpose or whether it's being used against him, I don't know. But the whole reason that I take such interest and spend so much time is because I believe that our cause is being undermined by whether it's Josh whether it's all these other pundits that are against Alex, whether it's the court cases, whether it's Alex admitting psychosis, whether it's any of these things, every one of these things undermine what we're really trying to do, Sheriff. Right.
2: Well, I will tell you, uh, one of the comparisons I think would be really neat, uh, maybe two of them, is do I trust Pierce Morgan or do I trust Alex Jones the most?
1: Believe it or not, I would trust Alex too. Jones more than Pierce Morgan, quite a bit so. the of the two, I would
2: take Alex Jones. Uh, however, that interview between Alex and Pierce, Pierce won big time. Alex played only to his base, to his radical base. And it, it was a huge opportunity for Alex to appeal to the masses who don't know him or his cause or the, the cause of liberty in our Constitution.
1: Yes, and they got in a big battle over gun rights, and instead of foaming at the mouth and saying, we're going to have a 1776 all over again, what he should have said is, listen, Piers, I know you have your opinions on gun control. You're a foreigner and probably don't understand the constitutional reality in America, but the truth is we have a God-given right of self-defense codified in the Constitution by our right to keep and bear arms. Just so you know, Piers, you can have your own opinions about that, but that is the law of the land, my friend. Now, what if Alex had said something like that, and then when Piers argued, he just said, listen, that is the law, sir. You know what? You can argue and have your opinions, but you know what? That is the law, sir. Okay, If you just stayed on that point politely but insistently, you would have won the day. And by the way, in contrast, a man who did that very thing, Larry Pratt, formerly of Gun Owners of America, now he's retired, but he did that, and he ate Piers alive in a similar interview, but by his peaceful, kind, steady Delivery of the facts in a common sense way. Alex lost to Pierce big time, but Larry Pratt slaughtered Pierce at the end. Pierce was almost in tears. He was going, "You're not my friend anymore." Kind of a and he, he threw a sucker Larry in the dirt. Uh, Larry was so good,
2: and he called Larry a, a, a very stupid man right to his face, right there and on and TV. Still. Yep, yeah, and Larry still did not lose his cool. He was unflappable, and and he stayed on point and uh, you, you're right. The contrast was huge. Now, let me go to the other interview you've mentioned, or or the fight between. I don't think he's ever interviewed him, has he? Uh, I don't believe Glenn Beck has ever interviewed Alex Jones. I but
1: think he uh, might probably. have. I'd have to look, but I think he might have. I know he sure has fought with him a lot. And the same with me.
2: Glenn Beck has fought with me a lot, and he's never interviewed me, even though he asked me to be on his show four times. But he still has never interviewed me because he never kept his word on any of those. If Alex ever asked to interview me, he kept the interview. And uh, so a huge difference uh, between Glenn and Alex. Uh, which one I trust the most? Probably if I had to go, that's a pretty close to 50-50, but I would go with Alex.
1: And I would have and, to go with Alex as well, because Glenn seems to be untouchable. Yeah, and, and what I mean by untouchable is when you cannot contact somebody like a common person, yeah. when you have gatekeepers around you and control mechanisms around you, and right. you would, some might say, well, Sam, you've never been that popular. You don't know what it's like. They have to. I get that they have to to the average Joe, maybe, but they don't have to to authors and Supreme Court winners like Richard Mack or fellow talk show hosts such as myself, don't tell me you got to insulate yourself from those unique people. It isn't true. Alright, hour one in the can. Hour two coming up. I want to continue this discussion. I want to get Kurt's take on it as well. I think that Josh and Alex, I don't know what their agendas are, but I think they're hurting the sacred cause of liberty is what I think. Intentionally or not, I don't know. Nevertheless, we need to stick with the principles that can make
3: America great. God save the Republic.